0: I think we've got a battery going down is what's going on. But uh, yeah, let me grab a handheld mic. Let's see. How's that? Can you hear me now? Sounds like one of those phone commercials. Uh, as I think about Philippians, um, we've had a tough year, and I'm not the only one. I know a lot of you have, too. And it's amazing, when you think about the Apostle Paul is sitting in a jail cell, and yet the word that keeps coming up over and over again is joy. That's not the place you think he would write a lot about joy. So there are some truths within that letter to the Philippian church that I think are vital today. And I look forward to digging in there and learning from the life of the Apostle Paul what God taught him about joy in tough circumstances. Uh, that being said, a couple of quick announcements. We're going to move church council from this week to next week. And if you want to come to the men's retreat that's coming up in a couple of weeks, I encourage you to be a part of that. It will be a blessing. Uh, don't let money be an issue. If that's an issue, uh, talk to one of us. Talk to me or to Mark. and. Uh, Let us know, because I know there are some that are willing to help if that's an issue. Um, Anyway, okay, let's get with the message here. We are in Daniel 12. We're going to look at verses 5 through 13 as we close out this marvelous book. So I encourage you, when you find that, to stand in our God's honor as I read. Then I, Daniel, looked... And there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times and a half a time, when the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand, so I asked, My Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days you will rise to receive Your allotted inheritance. Let's pray. Master, as we bow, whether it's our knees or all of us, our hearts to you, teach us from your word, God. Thank you for allowing us to sing to you, to give to you, Lord, to pray to you. I mean, this is for you, God. It's our gift to you, our worship, our gathering. We want you to be the real audience. And so I pray as we continue forward in this service that, Father, it'll be pleasing to you. May our hearts be unified as we seek you. Speak to us, God, because we need to hear from you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Now, the first half of the book of Daniel was a biographical study where we looked at this amazing man of God and his journey as he was became a, a politician, but a politician who had a sold out heart for God. We found him on his knees over and over again because the situations he faced were so tough. Then we come to the second half of the book and Daniel has these visions and he has these dreams. And we've been looking at that, this last uh, part of the study, as we have looked at the end times and as we have studied that in conjunction with the book of Revelation that helps give us insight Together for this last message, we find Daniel and uh, as we read, we discover that he is not alone, but there are two people with him. And apparently they are angels. Where are they? Uh, verse 6, it says... One of them said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river. And then earlier it says one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. Well, if you go back to chapter 10, verse 4, it says on the 24th day of the first month as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. (laughs) So he was at the Tigris River, he looked at one bank and there was this angel and On the other bank, there was another angel, and one began to speak to him. So let's look and discover what is said. Notice he was above the waters. How long will it be before these astonishing things will be fulfilled? And the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters, lifted his right hand and left hand toward heaven, And I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times and a half a time, when the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. So the first question that we see here is, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? How long, God? And the second question is found here in verse 8. My Lord, what will the outcome of all this be totally different situation but we all have the same kind of aching hearts daniel's heart was aching because he was seeing this great truth that was being revealed to him and he didn't understand it and he was trying to seek out and search the truth and make some sense out of of these prophetic visions and and that first question though is so we all can kind of connect to that can't we how long will this be Everyone, it seems like, is dealing with some kind of struggle, some kind of battle, some kind of difficulty. Uh, whether it's a health issue, whether it's a relationship issue, whether it's a financial issue. And, and, you know, we can go on. I'm not exhaustive on all the kind of issues that are out there. But we all know what it's like to ask that question. How long, God? How long do I have to endure this? How, how long will this continue? And that second question also really nails us too, doesn't it? God, why? Why am I dealing with this? What is the purpose of this? What are you up to? I don't understand, God. In the book of Habakkuk, the prophet is, is looking around and he's seeing a lot of pain and a lot of misery and people are ignoring God and they don't have time for God and he's upset and he talks to God and he says, God, I don't understand. How long is this suffering going to occur? When are you going to change this, God? When are you going to turn people's hearts towards you? And God basically says to Habakkuk, if I told you what my plan is, you wouldn't believe it. And God told him what his plan was. And Habakkuk basically said, I don't believe it. And and God's ways are are higher than our ways. And his thoughts higher than our thoughts. And as we look at this section of scripture, um, it is interesting here as he talks about the how long as he gives some answers here. As we looked at in the text, um, as he said, it will be a day and two days and a half. And in that, um, in the scriptures, that typically speaks of a day as a year. And you remember in a prior lesson we studied Daniel nine, we talked about the fact that their calendar was different and that they have a three hundred in that day had a three hundred and sixty-day year instead of a three hundred and sixty-five day year. So if you add up three and a half years, the math still does not come out to one thousand two hundred and ninety days. It comes out to one thousand two hundred and sixty days. God, why? What are you up to? Well, I don't have any definite answers here, but just a thought, something to consider. Uh, turn with me to Revelation fourteen sixteen through nineteen. This is a section of scripture that's actually referring to that great last battle that we know as Armageddon and how tragic and how terrible that battle will be. Um, the 16th through 19, he says, Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is Armageddon. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, It's done. Then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, pills of thunder, severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since man has been on earth. So tremendous was the quake. The great city split into three parts and the cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the great and gave her the cup filled with the wine of his fury. I am in the wrong chapter. You guys are saying, where are you, preacher? Yeah, preachers mess up too. We're all mess ups. I'm king of the list here. Oh boy. Chapter 14, not 16. All right, he says, um, but he's speaking of Armageddon. So he was seated on the cloud, swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. Another angel came out of the temple in heaven. He too had a sharp sickle. Still another angel called in a loud voice him who had the sharp sickle, take your sharp sickle, gather the cluster of grapes from the earth's vine because its grapes are ripe. The angel swung his sickle on the earth, gathered its grapes, and threw them into the great wine press of God's wrath. They were trampled in the wine press outside the city, and the blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as the horses' bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia, or approximately 180 miles, just under 180 miles of blood to the horses' What a mess! So here's the suggestion. Maybe it took 30 days to clean up the mess. 30 days of cleanup. Now, uh, you know, I, I don't have a definite with that, but just an idea that came to mind here, possibly what happened. But uh, As you go back to Daniel, though, that's not the only trouble. Uh, I shouldn't say trouble, but pond, something to ponder. Look at it, and I say, God, I don't understand. And he says, join the party, Uh As you come uh, through verse 11 to verse 12, he said, Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. So it's like there's another 45 days added uh, to this. It's like, okay, God, what is this about? Well, let me just briefly, here's another idea. As we think about the judgments that we'll face, I just want to do a brief overview of the judgments Uh, The first judgment is the judgment that occurred at the cross. When Jesus said, it is finished, sin was paid for and the judgment of the devil was complete. (laughs) The the judgment of sin had been conquered, but then the Savior had appeared. next judgment, uh, at the Lord's Supper, we're called to examine ourselves. And it talks about a judgment that occurs when we don't take God seriously and treat the Lord's Supper as if it is something insignificant. And then after the rapture, there'll be the judgment seat of Christ where it will be awarded for our works, for our uh, time serving God and faithfulness to Him. At the end of the tribulation period, Christ will judge the Jews and the living Gentiles with what is referred to from Matthew 25 as the sheep-goat judgment. And apparently out of that will be those who come forward to start the new millennium and the rule of Christ Um, as God does His work. And that's a lot of stuff that goes on. Maybe it'll take 45 days to complete some of of, uh, setting up that kingdom and setting that in place. Uh, So what will the saints be doing? Well, as you look in the scriptures, it says that we will rule with Him. I don't know exactly where they'll be. I mean, I don't feel like much of a ruler. I might have a little rock that I roll. I don't know. But does it matter in that regard? I just want to be with him. Whatever he gives me to do, whatever he wants me to do, that's what matters, and that's what will be fulfilling. It won't be boring serving him because he will complete us and work. Um Notice in verse 8, he says, I heard... But I did not understand, so I asked, uh, what will the outcome of all this be? (laughs) And he replied, he said, go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless, refined. But the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. And then down to verse 13, he says, as for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will realize you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. So the picture here is that God basically is saying to Daniel, "That's all at this time I'm going to reveal. You just need to stay true to your daily responsibilities. Just keep plugging. I like Charles Spurgeon's picture. He said, "The snail got to the ark by perseverance." Sometimes it's just a little movement at a time. But be faithful. Um, Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Just briefly, there were a group of people and they had heard about Christ's second coming and they got all excited and they decided, man, if if Jesus is coming back, why do I need to work? And so Paul addressed this and as he spoke uh, about it, starting at verse 6 uh, of chapter 3 in Second Thessalonians, he says, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you to keep away from every brother who's idle and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked day and night, laboring, toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule if a man will not work, he shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle, they are not busy, they are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. And as for you, brothers, never tire of doing what's right. If anyone does not obey your instruction in this letter, take special note of him. Do not associate with him in order that he may feel ashamed. In other words, he he was saying to those believers who said, Jesus is coming back, let's just stop everything here and we'll just wait on him. Hurry, Jesus, I'm getting hungry. And he said, no, don't do that. You need to be faithful with your daily responsibilities until that time he comes. You you need to wake up and live each day um, in anticipation of him, but busy. Not a busy body. But busy in serving him. And and I believe that's what he's saying to Daniel. He's saying, Daniel, you need to do your job. You need to keep moving forward. Um, And sometimes that's just where we are. We'd like more answers. God, what does this mean? God, Where are you going? What are you doing? It's just silent. Let me close here with some principles. Uh, First principle, the more time we spend with God, the more teachable we become. Our hearts get in tune with Him when we begin to learn to set aside some time to spend with Him each day. It is a a principle that we need to follow. It doesn't come automatic. It comes as we hunger and we thirst for God and we find somewhere to get in the Scriptures and to pray and to pour out our hearts and and, and to listen so that we can follow and so that we can serve Him faithfully um, as we spend time with Him and become more teachable. Second, the more questions we ask, the more dependent we become. Um, Difficulties, hard times, hurt. And push us. Someone has said they either make us better or bitter. They either tend to move us toward God or we run away from God. But God loves us. And I think there are few greater testimonies than people who are going through the fire. And just keep on walking with Jesus. We, uh, this couple that were dear friends of ours. Man, she had more pain than anybody I think I've known. Uh, her first husband had ended up committing suicide. Her four-year-old daughter died of a heart defect. Her nine-year-old son died of brain cancer. Her um, remaining son that was alive, he struggled with legal troubles. Uh, with law. Her and her husband split up for a while. But she followed the Lord through all of that pain. And I look at that and I say, man, how does she do that? God's grace. God's grace working in her life. Um, you know, Through the questions, she should lean upon Him. Um, and the, the last one here. The more truth we discover, the more profound it becomes. The amazing thing about the Bible is you can read it over and over and over again and feel like you're reading it for the first time. Whenever you read it, it's like, wow, I never saw that before in here. How did I miss that? That's how God works through his word. It's like this treasure mine. And you're digging out these precious jewels each time that you go before the Lord. And you never know what he's going to show you. W.A. Criswell wrote these great words. He said, the Bible holds the revelation of God. He said, "It's such an awesome sanctuary." I took a course one time, studying for my doctorate on the atonement. It, it was uh, a minor um, that I had taken earlier, that I was interested in. He said, "We studied the atonement for two years." at the end of which I had to take an oral examination upon it. And I tell you verily that at the end of two years of graduate study on the atonement, the cross of Jesus Christ, at the end of the two years and after the oral examination, I seemed to understand less and be able to enter into the mysteries unfathomable of God less than at the time when I began he said, if there's anything that defies delineation and description and evaluation, it's the atoning death of Jesus Christ. How does the blood wash away our sins? <laughs> and what are the sufferings of Christ into which we can hardly enter? And then he closes with this poem by Elizabeth Cleffin. For none of the ransom knew the deep waters crossed, nor how dark the night our Savior went through when he won the Lamb. That was lost." Daniel, again on his knees, (laughs) trying to get this before God, and basically he just says, God, I'm going to trust you until I see you, until I walk with you. And that's our job too, guys, isn't it? Let me uh, close with a familiar hymn. I thought of this hymn because I thought about where we are. Different struggles, different pains, but but where Jesus is. In Sunday school, uh, Alan had told us that Um, So he thought about what it means to have the peace of God. He said this idea kept coming back to him that I'm not alone. That's pretty powerful. But listen how this great hymn expresses that. What a friend. We have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord. In prayer. All right, computer, what happened to you? Oh, here we are. Don't you just love technology? Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In His arms, He'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. One last verse. Blessed Savior, thou hast promised. Thou wilt all our burdens bear. May we ever, Lord, be bringing all to thee in earnest prayer. Soon in glory bright, unclouded, there will be no need for prayer. Rapture, praise, and endless worship will be our sweet portion there. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the revelation that you presented to Daniel that has been recorded for us. And what we learned coupling that with revelation, Father. There will come a day where there's going to be chaos, Lord. And your people will, will go with you in the clouds. They'll meet you in the air, Father. And, and there will be some here who said, oh, that was crazy talk. Those people were out of their minds. And it'll be a crazy time, Father. As your word talks about great suffering and great tribulation, and, and all of it leads to this big battle. And there's this leader that everybody follows. And in the end, Father, after there's all this blood and death and pain. and You will take your rightful place and the devil and his henchmen, I'll say, will be defeated and thrown into the lake of fire. Father, you have promised that we don't have to go through that tribulation. We, we don't have to be separated from you for eternity. You sent your son that we might have life we might have a new chance. And I pray this morning, there may be one here who, for whatever reason, Father, has heard about you, but just has not chosen to follow you and to take you as Savior and Lord. Father, may this be the day, may this be the time. (laughs) Why play games with the living God that loves us beyond our ability to understand? So, Father, I pray that uh, we would grab a hold of that atoning work of Jesus, the cross, and that we would just think about how awesome that is, Lord. And those of us who have been saved, Father, may we visit the cross again, Lord, afresh, and be renewed in our faith as we think about what you did for us. And maybe for someone here who, as of yet, has not taken hold of that great truth, may this be the day. As we stand and sing, may we come and follow you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.